Hey athletes, I'm Adam. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Burpee Nation. Burpee Nation. Oh. Should we do it again? No. Good enough. We're back. Woo! After a little bit of a off-season break. Just a little. It's race season. It is. It's here. It's here. And if you're, I mean, well, it's here if you're not in a warm climate area. If you're in Florida, I don't think race season ever ends. That's right. They had a race in like January or February. I don't think anything ends down there. Just winter. Well, right. No, you're right. It also doesn't really begin. But we are back and we are here to preview an upcoming race that we're checking out. And that is Tough Mudder Infinity. Mm-hmm. Brand new for 2022. It is an endurance, one of their endurance uh, races that they just added. Essentially nine hours to do as many laps as possible. Yep. 15K or 5K variety. And this, uh, we're going to be at the first U.S. race. Yeah, that's kind of exciting. So uh, we are going to basically play for you our chat with the Tough Mudder director of Global Product, uh, Chris Maltby. Unfortunately, Kyle McLaughlin, CEO that we chatted with back in uh, before the joint event, mm-hmm. was that November maybe when we talked to him? The event was December. Yeah. Uh, he has resigned as CEO, so that was our only chat with him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hopefully, you know, best of luck with him and all his future endeavors. Yeah. But uh, we had a nice little chat with Chris. Happy to talk to him. Uh, so we're going to play that for you. And then afterwards, we'll kind of have a little chatty chat about the event, you know, what we kind of expect to see going into it, everything like that. So um, if you don't already, I mean, if this is your first time listening, you've missed a whole year of podcast episodes. Well, then welcome. (laughs) And welcome. Uh, So we are on Facebook, our website, subscribe, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, We just ran... Um, where Mountain Creek? <laughs> I was like, where is that? Although remember at the start line, the guy said Bear Creek, yeah, which is close to us, which He's, is kind of weird. He was lost. He was like, where am I? All right, what's and what, he started looking around. Like, what country is this? <laughs> I think he thought we were in Canada. Um, so yeah, we just ran uh, Mountain Creek. Now we only did the super. Uh, our friend Eric, mm-hmm. who has been on the podcast a couple times, did the ultra. Uh-huh. Many people were there to do the beast. Uh, I think maybe if scheduling works out, we'll have Eric on to chat about the ultra a little bit, but we'll bring you a recap episode of at least the super and what we saw there at mountain Creek. Um, we were just there, what, six months ago in October, Yeah. maybe like, well, that's seven months ago by now, but, uh, so that'll be an episode coming up soon. Um, probably within the next week or so, but for now, let's just play with you our chat with Chris and then we'll come back in a little bit after you hear that interview and we'll talk a little tough mutter infinity i keep wanting to say xfinity because of the (laughs) the internet around here he's doing his best tough mutter infinity here's uh our chat with chris Um, so I guess we'll start off, I guess my, I mean, our first question was kind of, is, is the Philly tough mutter infinity, is that the first one ever? 
So Philly Infinity is actually our second one ever. Second Just one. two weeks ago in Midlands, um, our UK team put on the very first Infinity. Okay. Oh. How did that go? Really well. Yeah, it was it was super cool to watch sort of for the first time the way participants came up with strategies to see how they set goals. And honestly, I was super impressed just to see, you know, how many people were going for the 60 kilometer belt buckle, how many people were set, setting sort of incremental goals along the way. Um, so people really stepped up. It, it was really awesome to watch. Was uh, was it available like on YouTube or anywhere for like um, just people at home to watch or were you there? So I was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't, we didn't have a live stream going for that one. Um, but it was, it was super cool. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, okay, and cool. you know, a, a big part of the value proposition with infinity is that you're out there on course with the rest of the tough mutter Saturday participants. So you get just this really good vibe of people out there helping each other out, um, sort of, yeah, pushing their boundaries. It's a different beast than a toughest or a world's toughest, but in a really cool sort of accessible way. Yeah, I mean, we kind of have both thought about doing like the overnight stuff and like yeah. waver on it here and there. And then we saw this and we're like, this is perfect. The sun will be out. <laughs> It'll be, <laughs> I won't need a headlamp. It's a it's a great gateway drug, to be honest. I mean, it's just the amount of gear and kit you need um, is just a lot less to think through. And, you know, if you're sort of towing into the ultra endurance space and just want to get a feel for it. It follows the same basic format, that loop-based format where you're out there with the obstacles and you're going, you know, over and over and over as long as you want to go. Um, but it's really wonderful too, because there's no, you know, it's not like running a 50 mile ultra marathon where the finish line is 50 miles away. You know, right. you're, yeah. you're coming back in, you can just do 5k laps if you want to and sort of get a feel for it and see how you're, you're doing and, and pick it up or, you know, take breaks during the day, go wander around the village, have a sandwich, do whatever you want to do. Um, so it's really, it's really cool you know, sort of to observe, but I think a lot of people are going to do infinity and realize they really like it and that they went a lot further than they thought. Um, and get a, yeah, sort of a reinvigorated appetite to come out for the overnight. So <laughs> sure, yeah. come, join us for infinity, but we hope to see you for, for one of the toughest as well. That's awesome. So did I read correctly that there are specific lanes open to the infinity runners or how does that work with other racers that are on the course? Yeah, absolutely. So the way it basically works is the leftmost lane um, on any given obstacle. Um, if there happens to be a small queue there is um, sort of right to bypass for infinity participants. So everyone running infinity has that purple bib during our start speeches. We'll be briefing subsequent waves that if it, uh, you know, a purple bib comes through, let them buy in the left lane to top to the front to, to get across the obstacle. So generally not an issue anyway, but just to make sure if you're really down to the wire and you're trying to crank out those laps that there's no impediments on course. Okay. Yeah. I mean, with, with any new event, you know, obviously you guys aren't unfamiliar with endurance events, but this is still a new event. And with any new event, you know, there's usually things you kind of learned along the way for the first few, was there anything from that first event that you're like, all right, we need to kind of tweak this a little bit going forward. I'll be honest. There was one and that is load in time in the morning, um, okay. which is just, you know, we don't have a full blown pit the way we did or the way we do for toughest and world stuff is where you're setting up camp and, and all of that. We sort of have um, a little infinity only drop zone where you'll have a section of table to just kind of put your, your kit down, but you're not camping overnight. The gear requirements are a lot less. Right. Um, so there's not a full blown setup, but that does mean funneling 
all Infinity participants but in a relatively condensed window through a small space to get set up. Um, so yeah, we, we basically learned to open gates a little earlier for the Infinity folks, just so it's not rushed for a little bit of an easier morning um, to get you guys all ready and then over to the start shoot to have a nice kickoff to the day. Um, but no, honestly, I, you know, I've been a part of a bunch of new product launches here at Tough Mudder and this one was one of the most seamless. Um, it oh, sort cool. of fits in it's sort of our bread and butter works with our event type pretty nicely um, and is a lower lift than a toughest where you're mapping an entirely different course. You're planning right. it out for overnight, you know, things like that. Cool. How does it work with like um, hero carry and some of the ones that you like absolutely need another person to get through? Yeah. So anything that's traditionally a teamwork um, feature there, it's, you know, again, the nice thing with infinity is that there are a lot of participants on course. You basically have two options for those features. You know, if you get there and there's, people hanging around and you want to pick someone up and carry them for hero carry. If you're running infinity with someone, you can absolutely do it that way. If not the volunteers, there will have, you know, alternate completion criteria. So for hero carry, that can often be hopping the entire distance on one foot, something that's sort of insidiously exhausting, um, <laughs> but it gives you a way to at least, you know, scoot right through it. Right. Um, so yeah, there's always an option there. The last thing we want is for people to just get stuck cold, you know, right. they're trying to time out all their laps to, to hit a certain goal, and then they're just standing there waiting. Um, so, the, yeah, there's always sort of an alternate option. What was the choice to do? So you mentioned, you know, you can do 5K laps, 15K laps. Was the choice not to include the 10K in that strictly because not every event has the 10K or did the 10K just come later in the planning process? Yeah. So the, the reason is at almost all event weekends, um, it's 15k and 5k on Saturday and 10k is actually a Sunday only format. Okay. Makes sense. Um, so just, yeah, just to keep things clean every now and then we have a Saturday 10k, but then it just sort of messes with the continuity between different infinity events. So we wanted to keep it so that, you know, the, the options available to you at Philly are the same that are going to be available elsewhere for a different infinity since we do have those sort of incremental kilometer based awards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plus, if you include too many options, it can yeah. get a little, I'm sure it can get a little hectic. Uh, it can get hectic for everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing when you're running flat out for eight hours, it's, you don't want to have to make too many decisions. So we, right. we won't provide you with too many. I remember <laughs> we were, uh, we did the one down in Florida, the kind of Spartan joint event with uh, Tough Mudder. And we were out on the 5k course and some kid was running by us and was like, am I on the 10k course? And we're like, <laughs> I think think so like we're two miles into the 5k course and like we helped him figure out where he was and he was he just had already done all the other stuff but yeah i mean you don't want that kind of stuff happening especially for like an endurance event where time is really uh super important yeah for sure and you know once you're out there once you've done a couple laps you get such a good feel for it as well where the splits are what you're meant to do um that it becomes yeah it's more a strategy game at that point of what you want to do 5k course is going to have more obstacles per kilometer, but you get back into the pit more often. You can refresh, you can grab, you know, nutrition, whatever you want. 15k, you can sort of knock out your, your kilometers in big chunks at a time. So, um, and then there's a turnover at 1:30. the splits close for 15k. And from that point forward, it's all 5k. So that, you have to keep that in mind as well for how you want to plan out your laps. Yeah. That was actually kind of, I was going to go over that real quick with you. So start is 7:30, right? Yep. 7.30 a.m. And then so that first cutoff for 15K is 1.30. And then is it 3.30 for the 5K cutoff? 
Yeah. And you have until 430 to finish your last lap. Okay. So, right. so yeah, it's eight hours from start open to start close, <clears throat> but technically you have that ninth hour if you're on an active lap to finish that up. What was the uh, highest number from the first event? So the, the highest finisher did 60 kilometers. There was actually, okay. I think five or six people who did 60 K wow. in the end, um, which is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, when we were coming up with sort of the awards architecture and where the cutoffs were and um, you know, for world's toughest as well, you can qualify as a contender or as an elite contender based on infinity performance as well. Um, we were really thinking quite a bit about what the pacing would look like, um, to hit different levels and 60 K was, you know, a, a stretch, but a lot of people showed up and really got after it. So the, the fellow who did 60 K the fastest, you know, had, a, had a bit of time to spare, mm-hmm. but the last big award for now, um, you know, level is at 60 K. So he sort of hit that knew he had in the bag and, um, decided to, yeah, to rest up. Okay, cool. Wow. What, what are some of the, you know, I know there's mandatory obstacles and then there's obstacles with penalties. What are a couple, and obviously we don't have to run through all the obstacles because there's yeah. <laughs> plenty of them, but what, what are some of the ones that maybe would be uh, mandatory that you, you know, there's no option to go around, like either you do it or you're, you're done. Yeah. So it's, you know, for, for anyone that's been out of toughest or world toughest, it's pretty consistent. There are things that, you know, there's not, they're not traditionally pass fail. So, you know, pass fail obstacles are the ones that tend to have penalties. Those are things like funky monkey, the gauntlet, um, you know, well swung when there's a bell to hit things like that, where typically if you're going to end up on the ground or in a, in a pool of water at the end of it, if you, if you don't do it right, there'll be a penalty option there. It's things like Mutterhorn, Everest, Pyramid Scheme, um, you know, Berlin Walls, things where, you know, realistically with teamwork or through, you know, personal ability, you should be able to get through them on your own. Those generally are must complete. Okay. Um, so, you know, again, it, it's pretty great being out there on the day on a Saturday. It's a crowded course. So there's almost always somebody up at, you know, on the top of Everest to help you up and over. Right. Um, and for some features where we know, you know, like a pyramid scheme, for example, until you have a good amount of people in that obstacle, it's, it's, it's by design meant to be impossible alone. Right. We'll often modify it briefly in the morning before there's people on course, okay. um, drop ropes or put a cleat or something like that, just to make it still challenging, but technically possible. Just knowing that, you know, that first wave of hitting that obstacle are going to be out there sort of solo without help to get over. Yeah. And I mean, with some of the stuff like funky monkey, if you, if you don't get it on the first try, can you opt to try it again instead of the penalty or is it one try and you got to do the penalty? No, you can go, you can go back and and try it again. Um, Not that I would do that in an endurance race, (laughs) but we just, it it tends to be diminishing returns. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Well, now your hands are wet. Good luck. Right. <laughs> if it didn't right. go well the first time. Um, but yeah, so long as, so long as there's not a queue in the infinity lane or anything like that, that you can pop back on. And then not kind of on the other side of things, do you have to try everything or if you know, okay. So if you know, like I can't complete this, you still need to try it before doing the penalty. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, you know, for a funky monkey, if, if you really know you can't go anywhere, you, that might mean dropping in the pool and swimming to the other side and then taking the penalty. Um, but you've got to, yeah, you've got to give it a shot. And then for, for things like, um, 
Electroshock. Arctic enema and the electric oh. eel and uh, yeah, electroshock therapy. Is there any way around any of those, or you have to just? No, there. You know, specifically because there is medical uh, implications for for features like that, there'll be a penalty option for for a bypass on those. Okay, good. <laughs> That's one of the things. Like, I love like most... we're wimpy with those. Yeah, I know. Like, I I'll do it once in a while. It depends on my mood, but some of those I'm just like. Uh, maybe not today. Arctic <laughs> enema, I don't mind. I guess it depends on the weather. But very, very weather dependent. Whether that's the worst thing on course or the best. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the nice thing with something like uh, with an infinity and the way it plays out, it's pretty easy for us to toy with just time versus suffering, really. So right. uh, if you don't want to do it, it's going to eat more time up. It's going to make it a little more challenging for you to get back out um, for your next lap. But technically, it's an option out. So sure. Yeah. Now, would you? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Did you see a lot of wetsuits with the first infinity? Just because of the, question, I don't so. know what the weather was there. It was br- it was brisk. Okay. Um, you know, it was, it was very British weather, so it was overcast, windy, um, probably mid to low fifties, which feels quite cold when you're in and out of the water and it's windy. Right. Um, a handful of people came in shorty wetsuits, but very few. Um, you know, I my guess is, well, it, it's different for every athlete, of course, how hot you run, how cold you run, how active you're going to be. You know, some, some folks plan to sort of hike the second half of the day. If you're walking versus running, you're not going to be running as warm. So there's definitely considerations there. Um, but I think we'll see far fewer folks out there in a wetsuit just yeah. because it's daytime. And also it's not running as long, you know, your body gets fatigued and it's harder to keep temperature over the course of 12 hours overnight or 24 hours than it is for, you know, six to eight hours when you're out there at infinity. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, aside from obviously, um, you know, like with, with the overnight stuff, wetsuits, I know are typically kind of recommended aside from the typical OCR stuff, trail shoes, that sort of thing, goose as you need. Is there anything that you or, or the people at Tough Mudder kind of recommend for first time infinity people, you know, whether they've never done an endurance event ever or just haven't done specifically a Tough Mudder endurance event? Yeah, I mean, it's it's most of the basics you would want for sort of an ultra distance event. So, you know, potentially change of, change of shoes, um, you know, change of socks for some folks, just like the, putting on dry socks every now and then is more of a mental there, There's benefit. no better feeling than a fresh <laughs> pair of socks, honestly. <laughs> um, I know. So some things like that just pick you back up and, and get you back out on course. Layers are generally a good idea in case you do start to run a bit cold, being able to put on some, some layers through the day is helpful. And then, you know, dialing in your nutrition and your hydration strategy. Um, you know, you do have access to the festival area. So food trucks, all of our great partner products, things like that, that, you know, can sort of help round it out. But I would definitely recommend coming in with a rough strategy for how far you want to go, how long you're going to be on course for the day and therefore what your nutrition needs are. It's so personal, person to person, mm-hmm. and you don't want to end up there. Technically, you know, hitting pace to do 50 kilometers or whatever your goal is, but kind of needing to back out right. um, because you don't have, you know, the nutrition you need to get through. So you can actually leave the course onto the festival, hop back in, like as long as you have your infinity bib on, I guess, or. So leave the course is probably the wrong way to put it. Okay. Uh, you know, once you start a lap, you need to finish that lap. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, once you finish a lap, you can yeah. kind of. Yep. So you have full access to the festival oh, between ending a, ending a lap and starting a new one. 
Um, so the way the site is set up, there's a quick bypass if you do want to just get right back out. So okay. when you come through finish, you don't need to go through the full finish shoot that, you know, can get crowded with people getting their headbands and their t-shirts and things like that at the end of a regular event. You can sort of scoot around that after you cross the timing mat, there'll be a lane marked out um, that'll run you over to the drop zone where your stuff is. And then you can bypass the full start corral um, because, you know, we have start waves starting throughout the day. Right. So you don't want to get caught at the back of that either. So um, there'll be a lane that basically jumps. You just pass start where you hit your next timing mat. Um, but if you want, after you finish the across the finish line, you can float around, you can take a break, you can you know, take a shower if you want to. Yeah. yeah. They have some good sponsors. So, I mean, yeah. I know there's some really delicious like energy drinks yeah. and like food, food places yep. just pop out for a quick. Yeah. Quick drink it's a great, back on. it's a great opportunity. Like for the amount of sponsor product that we have that is geared specifically towards active lifestyles, towards energy, things like that. Like there is no better way um, <laughs> to see if something works than to, right. you know, put it, you know, put it to use during during the course of something like this. Sure. Um, I mean, before we let you go, obviously we wanted to talk a lot about infinity and kind of introduce it to everybody. Cause this, this upcoming one in, in Philly that we'll be at will be the first in the U S at least. Uh, and you know, <clears throat> how many total are there for the year? I believe it's 12. I think it's 10 okay. in the U S or in two we or can, three in the U S. We can look it up and then kind of fill people in, but yeah. does, is there anything else new Tough Mudder has going on for 2022 that you guys kind of want to make sure people know about that maybe they don't know about? Yeah, for sure. So sort of hand in hand with infinity, um, <laughs> Philly is the one opportunity in the U S and Northwest in the UK is the one opportunity in the UK to earn the unholy grail, um, which is sort of a cousin to the Holy grail. Um, so those not familiar, the Holy Grail is sort of a year-long endurance series challenge. If you finish um, Infinity, toughest, and world's toughest within the same year, um, you can earn a really cool custom medal plaque that your medals all slot into. That's the Holy Grail. Um, if you can't make it out to a toughest, can't make it out to a world's toughest, we've got those two event weekends, again, Philly being the one in the U.S., where there's basically parameters to earn the Unholy Grail, which is a really cool um, little metal piece. Um, you have to do infinity, a 15K, a 5K, a 10K, and toughest overnight. Um, wow. So if you basically do every event format on the weekend, you can earn the Unholy Grail um, as well. So that's nice and fun. Um, and then we've also got some new obstacles coming out um, in the next couple of months. So some redesigns from some old favorites. Um, so that stuff should start hitting beginning Philly and sort of rolling through the summer. Yeah. And for anyone, that's in, exciting. as you say, for anyone in our area, I know uh, Pocono is not too far from Philly. And I believe there's an infinity at that one too. So if anyone can't make it to that, I want to hit up Pocono. That's a cool yeah. one. Cause that's right outside the raceway. Yeah. We've got some great Northeast venues. Um, yeah. So yeah, really excited. It's going to be, you know, a great season where a few events in already um, and everything has been off to a pretty great start, but with the new formats coming, new obstacles, all of that, it's, yeah, I think we're all happy to be back at events um, yeah, in general definitely. now. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to sort of spice it up with some new stuff while we're getting back. Thank you to Chris for joining us for that little chatty chat. Yeah, that was a good chat. I feel like chat. I learned a lot, a lot. A lot of questions answered. Also, I'm super stoked that they're going to change some of the obstacles up. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, if we, if you 
think of any questions that we missed, feel free to let us know. We can always find out for you. Yeah. Um, if we don't know the answer, we can ask somebody at Tough Mudder, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they have the answer. Uh, we will also have a, a recap episode after we are at that event. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, that's coming up May 21st and May 22nd. Totally makes sense on the why only they have 5K and 15K. Yeah. So, but I'm actually curious. Um, I didn't really ask him because they only had one, but I'm curious people's strategy with which laps they choose when. Yeah. Sort of thing. I mean, I would like personally, I'm like, I guess I like I would try to do as many 15K laps as I could. Just to rack up the miles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, depending on what your goal is, mm-hmm. obviously, but you know, if, if you can get say you're doing like if you can keep track of how long it takes you to do a 15k lap you know and and you can get there and be back before 330 to at least get in one more 5k lap i think i would approach it that way yeah you know if i get back and it's been taking me three hours to do a 15k you know, and I get back at 12.45, then I'm probably just going to do 5K laps at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, because I think if you do the 15K, see, I don't know, because, like, that's a, a pretty, we've been to that venue before. Yes. And it's, like, rolling hills. Yes. It's on, like, a farm, Yeah, I it's guess. It's, like, a fields that Yeah. You're... I mean, the, the, like, high grass is... You know. So one thing to consider. Oh, I wasn't talking. You said high grass. There's yeah. More. Is like pounded down. Yeah. To make a trail. Right. So yeah, you're, you're in like on, a field. Right. Like you're running on grass. Right. Yeah, through a field. Um, what I was going to say is one thing to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are taking that approach to do as many 15Ks as you can until you only have time for 5Ks, mm-hmm. one thing to think about. That I just thought about is like, what if you run all those 15Ks, right? And it takes you two and a half hours, mm-hmm. just to say. Uh, and you run the 5K after that, and you're like, shit, like the terrain on the 5K was the flattest oh, part yeah. of the course. That's true. The easiest part to run, because I mean, that's what you need to really do to get through. Like, yes, technically you're doing more obstacles per kilometer. Mm-hmm. But running is very important. So like if there's, you know how, let's take Spartan, for example, in Central Florida for the beast, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we got to find a way to make 13 miles. So they drug you through a swamp for two miles. Uh Well, so say, let's just apply this to Spartan. If you're doing the beast, if you're doing an old, like a many laps as possible Spartan and you had a choice of sprint or beast, right? what would you have rather done? Two laps of that beast course in Central Florida with two miles of swamp, or however many equal laps it would be of the sprint. Totally. So you know what I mean. So maybe it would be worth like doing the 15k, then doing the 5k, and then evaluating like which one will take you less time. Yeah, like you could go in with a game plan, but that game plan might change. <laughs> right. And it probably will. Right. Like, cause all right, so if it takes you two and a half hours, and depending on the obstacles too. Right. True. And how you feel. Because how, how long did it and take us to do the 5K? Yeah, well, like he said, if you know if you do 5K laps, you can fuel more often, mm-hmm. which is important. Right. So you could, again, like go in with, okay, I'm going to do two back-to-back, you know, 15K laps, but 
Yeah, like you might just be winging it. <laughs> and then you run yourself like... You know what I would love to do? Drained. Is interview one of the, if not the, top finisher. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. For this event because it's the first in the U.S. Right. So we could... Maybe we can find them afterwards. Yeah. And get some like serious tips and pointers and strategy for anyone that's going to do the Pocono. Right. Like infinity. Yeah. How many hot wings did you eat during the race? Yeah. That kind of thing. Or before. I thought it's really interesting that you can go out into the festival after you finish a lap before you go out for a little. Obviously, you don't want to waste too much time if you're trying to rack up kilometers and stuff, but like rack. Let's say you get back at three and you're like, well, I'm only going to get one more lap in. Like, do you go right back out or do you stop and get some food first so that you're that last lap, you know, like you're finishing strong. Yeah. Because you have till 4.30 technically. 3.30 to start, 4.30 to finish. But anyway, uh, what I was going to say is like if it takes you. He's he's just going to do math the whole time. Right. Go ahead. Write this down. If you're driving, pull over. And then send me I'm the bad answer. at math, so this whole conversation... Okay, let me get my phone out. All right. How long did it take us to do the 5K Tough Mudder in Florida? I like 45 remember. minutes? Two days. Wasn't it know. only like 45 yeah, minutes? Yeah, it was quick. Right. So if it takes you 45 minutes to do a 5K, that's our... Uh... Mind you, it was very dry there. It's... Yeah. Might be dry here. It might, I guess. The first time we did it, it was... Not so dry. Right. So anyway, if it takes you 45 minutes on the 5K loop to do one lap, that is two hours and 15 minutes per 15K. So if you go out, like if your first 15K took you two and a half hours Mm -hmm. because of the terrain they took you through or something, because with the rolling hills, like... The 5K might be the easiest part because it's for kind of beginners. Yeah. You know, and the 15K is meant to challenge you a little bit more. That's true. So they might take you up and down more of those hills. Right. So if you you do that first 15K lap and it takes you two and a half hours, you do a 5K lap. if they would put more of the like more fun, less challenging obstacles in the 5K. I think so. We didn't Because do, that's what they did in Florida. We didn't do any of the like no. really difficult obstacles. Right. It was like climb this, jump yeah. over that. Well, I'm trying to think what the most challenging one was of that 5K loop. I mean... There was no monkey, like no funky monkey. Yeah. No king of the swingers, like none of that. No. I know. That's interesting. Yeah. So they might do it that. It might actually be easier to just do it. I, it would get a little redundant mm-hmm. doing eight hours of five. You have to do a 15K to start. But after that, doing eight hours of 5K laps might get redundant. But mm-hmm. if you're going for like strategy, yeah, that might be your best bet. Yep. Super interesting. Well, that's definitely something we will figure out at the race and we'll relay <laughs> our findings yeah uh for sure and like you said if we can find who like one or one of the top finishers either at the race or afterwards i would love to hear their pick their brain a little their bit. math yeah after hearing your math yeah their math's probably better <laughs> <laughs> i'm being honest my math is not great oh uh, well every time i talk to you you have a different strategy so 
You're right. I think I, I literally just changed it live. No, I'm aware. On air. Which, yeah. if you're listening, this is recorded, but it was live when we recorded it's it. live on air. <laughs> From the living room. Um, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. Yeah. I bought a new pair of shoes specifically for this race. I hope that if I, I finish before you, I could go out and maybe like chat with some people, take some photos, videos. You're going to be over at the Freshly Tent. Their food is delicious. Right. You're the one. Ugh. It's not like I can't eat and do other things at the same time. No, you're right. If they have rain there, though, stock up. Mm-hmm. That's, that stuff's good. It's so good. We, they don't so sponsor Tough this. Mother None of those people has... sponsor this show. We just no, I know. enjoy them. Um, we give you our honest opinion. Can I talk today or just you? Just me. Tough Mudder has the sickest festival out of all the OCR events we've ever been to. Like, I love their festival setups. So I'm really excited to... Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the Mountain Creek one when we do that podcast, but there's some cool stuff there. But yeah, Tough Mudder has like the best. That was cool there because it was at a mountain. Like they already have that stuff there because it was at a mountain. Tough Mudder like brings fucking everything. Yeah, you're talking about the like the barbecue stuff yeah. at Mountain Creek. They're yeah, like that, that's provided. That's only at Mountain Creek. Right. Yeah. Right, that's not like Spartan bringing that the, stuff in. The only way Spartan has, I would say the, the Spartan's best vendors and festival is um, stadiums. Yes. They have that other like caffeinated beverage, I think it's called like a Shook or something like that. I don't even know. Yeah, we got their sticker. Oh. You remember? Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> it's not good. But <laughs> you know what, though? Like this year, it wasn't as, or last year, it wasn't as good. But remember a couple of years ago, we got those free like jerky samples and yeah. the collagen yeah. tub. And what happened to that? I don't know. COVID. Just blame everything on COVID. No, don't be that person. Well, it's usually, it's the hot topic. Hot topic. Has it run its course, do you think, COVID? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. I just meant like people it's bringing it up as like a, an excuse. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Jump the shark a little bit. Yeah, we've moved on. I don't know that saying. Jump the shark. Yeah, you never heard that. No. It's like when something's kind of like old news. Like it's it's not. What does it mean? I don't know its origination. (laughs) If that's what you're jump the shark. Like what does that mean? It means like you jump the shark. No, but you can't. Jumping it's used to argue that a, a creative outlet outlet or work appears to be making a misguided attempt at generating new attention. Or publicity. It was coined in 1985 by John Hine in response to... This is really stupid. In response to a 1977 episode from Happy Days in which Fonzie jumps over a shark on water skis. So literally, it's taken from jumping a shark. Where did you hear this? Jump the shark is a common phrase. Okay. Yeah. So common. I'm going to take a poll. I'm I'm going on Instagram, taking a poll. (laughs) Okay. Tune in next episode where we'll find out our poll results. (laughs) All right. Well, we're done here. Yes. If you think of any other questions, let us know. If you're going to be at the event, let us know. Yes. And if not, we will make sure to give you a full recap on uh, some stuff if you're going to Pocono so that you're ready. Anything else? I would try Infinity before it jumps the shark. Stop talking. <laughs> Especially if you're going to like start rattling off math again. That wasn't math. 
That was a phrase that pays. How many more days do you have until you change your strategy again? So, uh, well, there's three weeks until the race, so at least uh, seven more times by then, yeah. Um, So anyway, yes, we will have a recap. We'll have a recap of Mountain Creek coming up. If you don't already, follow us on Facebook, and Lindsay and I are on Instagram, and then uh, subscribe Mm -hmm. to the podcast so you get new episodes, and YouTube. I think we're actually going to put out a YouTube video of this year's shirts for spartan to go yeah. along with our mountain creek so we'll talk about that on that episode but here our opinion on this year's shirts uh so other than that we hope you enjoyed this episode and keep coming back if it's your first time thanks for checking us out if you've come back thanks for coming back and we will see you on the next episode of burpee nation Woo! see ya